The word of God is light. It is life. It actively works. It is effective. It penetrates. It rejuvenates. Oh my, oh my. An encounter with God's word is life-changing. It is life-enhancing. You are listening to a podcast by Prophet Gomezio Shamin. 1 Peter chapter number 5 and verse 8. 1 Peter chapter number 5 and verse 8. The Bible says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Back to the same scripture. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, your enemy, the devil walks around rather moves about or walks about like a lion seeking whom he may devour. Now, remember today we are talking about taking charge, part two. And we really want to understand how to deal with an enemy that seeks to perhaps attack us from an indirect perspective. Now you see from this opening scripture, the Bible shows us that this enemy, this adversary, Satan, moves around. He moves around like a lion. And when he moves around like a lion, he seeks whom to take advantage of. He seeks whom to actually devour. Yet the Bible tells us, Whilst he has such an agenda, you as a child of God, number one, needs to be sober. Number two, you need to be vigilant. You need to be active. You need to be prepared. This simply means those that find themselves in a place of being sober, those that find themselves in a place of being vigilant, even when that adversary comes who is the devil then you will not be taken advantage of if you come to a place where you are so much vigilant where you are so much prepared when you are so much charged up when you are so much ready even if satan is going to come to you he will not take advantage of you that's why to the same vigilant people James writes and says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Imagine, how is a person that comes to devour you when he's in your presence? James is saying, resist him and he will run away from you. This is just to show you that even when the Bible tells us that we have an adversary that goes around to devour people, that doesn't mean he can just devour anyone. This simply means there is a sect, there is a group of people who will not, or who will not, yeah, who will not experience the ministry of devouring. But these people are the ones who are sober and vigilant. 
Well, it is good that there are certain people who will not be affected by this ministry of Satan. But even though there are people who are not going to be affected by this ministry of Satan, we have to be very much alert because others might be taken advantage of by this ministry of Satan. And the fact that they can be taken advantage of, we are not necessarily sure to what extent Satan is able to touch people or how close he's able to touch people that perhaps are around us. And if Satan will have the capacity to touch people who are around us and are close to us, then in one way, somehow we are being affected indirectly. I'll give you an example. There was a time when I got to a place where I began to reign in my life concerning my authority as a believer. I was not struggling with bad dreams. I began to, you know, feel so happy. And I said, In it, <laughs> Satan can't play with me. You know, I was so confident. I was so happy. I remember sometimes I would say, may I chew demons? <laughs> I destroy them. I don't play me. <laughs> but then in as much as I reached to a place where I was experiencing great victory in the area of my authority, I got to realize that those around me were suffering. People close to me would come and complain, no. This and this has happened to me. This and this has happened to me. I remember how one of my close relatives called us all the way to where she was staying. And she was seriously bedridden because of witchcraft attacks. She was seriously bothered. She was seriously ill because of witchcraft attacks. And I, I thought to myself, I said, Ish, this is really not so good. I know I'm experiencing victory, but those around me are not experiencing victory. Now you see, the problem with that is that whether you like it or not, it will affect It will affect you indirectly. What do I mean if it, it will affect you indirectly? Imagine today you are very much healthy and then your beloved is sick. How will it affect you indirectly? Even just a, a, a simple example. Here's my beloved wife. I'm experiencing my victory. And then suddenly she gets sick. Badly sick. Now, obviously I'm very healthy. But it will affect me when I see her sad. It will affect me when I see her she's not eating. Guess what? It will also affect my pockets if I have to take her to the hospital. Because I know if we're talking about hospital bills, it's not how I was going to pay. Yet the attack didn't come on me. It came on her. But my pockets are becoming empty. My joy is robbed. My happiness is being robbed. My mental health is being shaken. Simply because there's something that is directly affecting her, yet indirectly affecting me. So then I have to come to a place 
where I ensure that victory is achieved not only in my life, but also in the lives of those that are close to me or around me. Because if I don't get to see victory, then I might be in a place where I'm exposed to quite a number of things which will affect me. I want to believe many of you who are in here can testify and say, okay, I know there are certain things that have not affected me that much, but when I saw my cousin, when I saw my sister, they are directly hitting her, but I'm telling you, indirectly, this is also affecting me. And that's why today we want to deal with how to really enforce victory when things are not necessarily directed towards you but are indirectly affecting you. One of the things you need to understand as we read in Genesis chapter number 3, we read that the serpent is very cunning. That word cunning as I revealed is being skillful. Is very cunning, is being skillful in how he really wants to bring one down. And I said, look, when Satan is fighting and he's, when he's actually bringing out his traits of skillfulness, he makes sure when he hits, he hits really, really hard. And that's why today we want to dig deep into this. How do we enforce victory around? At least we can start from our families and go to friends and go to close ones then go to nations and the like. Are you ready for this? I'm not sure if you're ready. I can drop the mic. Uh, ready. Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 30. Ezekiel chapter number 22 and verse 30. There is a core, there is, there, is, there is a core to men. There is a core that God demands from men to carry out a certain role on behalf of others. And in Ezekiel chapter number 22 and verse 30, the Bible says, So I sought for a man among them who would make a war and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it but I found no one so there was a call for someone to rise up to stand in the gap on behalf of the land why because the land was about to experience destruction the land was about to experience something adverse. But when this man steps in to build a wall, to build a hedge, then the land is going to be preserved. Amen and amen. But it's so unfortunate here that the Bible says, I found no one. So what happens if you find no one? That means the land will be destroyed. 
and including everyone that is amongst them who is supposed to rise up all purposes become destroyed what am I trying to head towards right now I'm trying to show you that within families within societies within certain places there are people that God deliberately raises in fact let me even just bring it this way whether you like it or not you are raised for a certain sphere anyone everyone is raised for a certain sphere and if that person does not arise then those around you get to suffer those around you get to have problems there are those who are raised just for the siblings just for the five siblings god can raise you there and in the midst of the five siblings god can raise another one just for two siblings <laughs> to show you that each and every one has a very delicate and important role to play concerning the well-being of others and when god is calling or raising people it doesn't he doesn't look at age that's why he's able to pick up a joseph who is one of the youngest and tells him you you will be very instrumental for your family but the call of joseph was so big it was not just for the family it was for entire of is the entire israel amen and amen so there is a call and he, this is where now you and i need to understand and obviously begin to think and say where is god raising me or rather to what place or what arena is god raising me for by the way let me even correct it the core the core of joseph was progressive how he dealt with his family god says okay let's go egypt okay egypt israel it was progressive so currently where do you perceive god has raised you for because if you are not if really you are not taking heed or rather functioning in that place it becomes a tragedy like ezekiel 22 verse 30 the land will not be preserved because there is no one hallelujah in habakkuk chapter number 2 verse 1 habakkuk is making a personal declaration and is saying i will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and i will answer when i'm corrected habakkuk is declaring that for me i am a watchman and for me because i am a watchman i need to be attentive to catch what god is saying others will not catch what god is saying is because they've decided not to be a watchman but for me i've decided to be a watchman and i'm going to stand on my watch i'm going to wait to see what god is saying 
So there is a call for everyone. There is a call for everyone to become relevant in their sphere of contact, in their societies. And if we don't have these people in place, if we don't have these people carrying out their 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 works, ish, then it becomes very very dangerous for people out there. Ask your neighbor, do you know where you stand? Ephesians six verse eighteen. It's now talking to the believer. Now, very interesting. This one is written to everyone. The Bible says, "Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints." Try to give it to me in the NIV. Listen to this. It says, "And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the saints." Have you noticed this one was not telling you to pray for yourself? Not, nothing at all. It says for all the saints. But look at how it tells you first to pray for all the saints. It says, first of all, pray in the spirit. Then it tells you on all occasions. Oh, oh wait, maybe, maybe I think another version says uh, when you are happy only, or when you you are not going through things, or when you are not writing exams. It says on all occasions, but not only did it say with all, on all occasions, it says on, with all kinds of prayers. That's why now you ask your neighbor, do you know all kinds of prayers? <laughs> Ask your neighbor, do you know all kinds of prayers? Do you know all the types of prayers? Because it's telling you to pray all kinds of prayers. Meaning there are types of prayers. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. kinds of prayers with requests and requests and it says with this in mind be alert always keep praying for the saints it means even for your brother your sister and those around you you need to be alert so have you seen that it's pushing you to a higher dimension when i say it's pushing you to a higher dimension have you noticed most of the times when we deal with people who are not okay we we like to write on our facebook pages or other platforms and we say uh, if you are hurting please talk to me or open up to me if you feel depressed and we know that obviously those kinds of things don't really work most people will not text you isn't that so unless otherwise most people will not text even though you say i'm here you post on your status, are you wounded? Inbox me. It becomes dry. Your inbox is dry, right? But this time it tells you to be alert. Meaning you don't need to wait for a text message. You need to feel it. <clears throat> My sister, there's something. You're seeing a smile, but you're, you are seeing depression as well. Why? Because you are alert in the spirit. And when you pick that up, you say, mm, 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 mm. I need to pray for them. 
Sometimes some of you even receive these alerts in your dreams. There are times where maybe your close friends, you've dreamt about them, maybe you've dreamt that they are in an accident. There, at that time, what does the Bible say? It's at that occasion, pray for them. Some of you, I don't know what, if maybe you want to become junior prophets or whatsoever, immediately you dream that you want to scare your friend. You text them, ah, my sister, you need to pray. I dreamt um, uh, you fell in a ditch which was not ending. Eh. I don't know, it happened on a Tuesday. Eh. <laughs> and your friend will be so afraid. You will notice that that alert came to you so that you pray for them. Well, if you want to, if you really want to tell someone something, you have to do it the way Jesus did it. How did Jesus do it? He says, Peter, Satan wants to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed that your faith should not fail. It had a bat to eat. He didn't just say, Ewe, Peter, umkukosa. <laughs> no. Jesus invested prayer for Peter. He says, but I have prayed. Your faith will not fail. And indeed, Peter remained standing. First Timothy chapter number 2, verse 1. We're still dealing with the core. I urge then first of all that requests, prayers, intercessions, thanksgiving be made for yourself. Be made for who? For everyone. Very interesting. Are you seeing here that Paul is teaching us how to pray for others. Paul is teaching us how to stand on the gap for others. He's teaching us how to really place focus on the affairs of others. Yeah, when it's concerning yourself, that's another story altogether. But the Bible actually teaches us we have to learn to stand on behalf of or stand in the gap for the sake of others. Because if we don't do so, mm, remember there is that divine lion who moves about. We thank God that you've got hedges of protection over you. We thank God that you always dream nice. Some of you every day are just dreaming you're in heaven. But they are your, meanwhile, your same sibling in the same bedroom, they are busy chasing him in the dreams. Busy flying in the dreams. And then you, you just wake up and I said, thank you, Lord. <laughs> I, I, I slept well today. Yeah, this is my year of goodness. Yet your sibling this side is not okay. But by the time you realize they are not okay, it will eventually affect you. That because this is a person that is close and dear to your heart. 
And so in 1 Timothy chapter number 2 and verse 1, the Bible tells us that we need to have prayers, requests, intercession, thanksgiving to be made for everyone. Next verse. Uh, not only does it say for everyone, it says now for kings. It's extending its, it's extending its reach. For kings and all those in authority. That we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. So it's even showing you what the prayers will do. When you pray for leaders, when you pray for everyone, when you pray for people in authority, it says that you may live quiet lives and peaceful ones. So what do you what do you need to engage when you need peace? It's not the UN, it's prayer. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is where now you need to be challenged. Challenged in a place where you begin to ask yourself, who have I prayed for just during just this year, in this month of January? Who have I prayed for? Compare with the prayers you've made just for yourself. Which one is greater than and less than? You will notice that you, you might have exalted so many prayers about yourself. Now I want to show you a secret. After you pray for all these people, for everyone and whatsoever, the leaders in authority, verse 3. The Bible says, this is good and pleases God, our Savior. Meaning God is happy if you are praying for people. And the Bible actually shows us any time. God is pleased with something. He responds and rewards. That's why in the book of Matthew it says, those that pray in secret will be rewarded openly. What does this mean? It simply means if today you position yourself to pray for others, I'm telling you, listen to this. If you position yourself to pray for others, there are certain prayer points you will never make in life. Because God will just automatically handle and answer them. Amen and amen. Have you ever wondered, for some of you, maybe you, you have even those same things going on. Can you point out at least something that you've never prayed for, but it's happened in your life? And those things, sometimes we need to be careful. You don't, you just, you, you don't say, us. We, we don't pray for those things, us. They just happen. Well, you did something <laughs> for it to happen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hey. Glory to God. Apart from that, once you know and get to experience that call you have to ensure you stay relevant you have to ensure you get empowerment you have to ensure 
you begin to start acting thereafter it will now begin to become easy for you now to deal with certain things that affect those around you i know when we're talking about prayer or rather about warfare which is affecting you directly it's easy for someone to be so angry and kill the enemy want even to kill the enemy that's why maybe we we hear people trying to say satan die or every power die it was very personal that one <laughs> i don't know what that demon did to them <laughs> but from there it had to it had to spread but are you telling me you're able to say that same kind of prayer when you perceive Jeremiah needs to marry and there's warfare are you able to say that die kind of prayer if it was you and you say let's pray for your marriage mama 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 you hold your head and your belly kazakatakata katakata every power shan shan but when you say please there is something strong on Jeremiah let's pray for him or another name i don't want to mention So he said let's pray for him. Are you really going to pray for that person with everything that depends on you? Yeah, maybe that's why you're responding like this because it's indirect warfare we're dealing with. Tell your neighbor I'll pray for you. All right. Now, these are the spheres that we get to pray for others. These are the spheres that we engage in battle and get to pray for others. We fight for those that number 1 are in the wrong places. Genesis chapter number 14 verse 11. We fight for those we engage in battle for those that are in the wrong places. So like today we need to do warfare. Isn't that so? Because people are in where places like blankets wrong places kuchimini huh? wrong places genesis chapter number 14 and verse 11 by the way just give it to me in the no more translation yeah the bible says then they took all the goods of sodom and gomorrah and all their provisions and went their way now just before we even go a little bit further i want to just explain to you this is kings decided to attack so, uh, so four, about four kings decided to attack sodom and gomorrah and the bible actually says that these these kings took all the goods of sodom and gomorrah and all their provisions then they went their way now we we need to remember by this time in sodom and gomorrah there was someone's nephew there was abraham's nephew lot this simply means when all the possessions and all the goods were taken away it means even the things for lot and his household were taken away next verse yeah they also took lot abraham's brother's son who dwelt in sodom 
and his goods and departed. So not only did they take the goods of, <laughs> of Lot, they also kidnapped him. Wrong what? Wrong place. The others, they are only taking their goods. But you, they are taking you and your goods. Then, in verse 14, start from verse 14. Oh, okay, let's just go to the next verse quickly. Yeah. Then one who had escaped and told Abraham the Hebrew, Abraham the Hebrew for he dwelt by the terebinth trees of Mam and uh, Yah, brother of uh, Yah, and brother of uh, Yah, and they are allies with Abraham. All right, that's why I said start from verse 14. Uh, yeah, it says, Now Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his 318 trained servants who were born in his own house and went in pursuit as far as Dan. Abraham has heard that this side Lot, Bamugwila. But have you seen what how Abraham responds to it? He doesn't say, Nenamoza, Kusamvela. Why are you going to end up you on the Pazink pub? Ah, Nenamoza, Nizakezo. No, the Bible says Abraham decided to mobilize. Hey, this man was rich. At his trained servants, not soldiers, <laughs> his servants. Servants, how do you have 318 servants? Kuyumba Wako, Olon Mamed. And the Bible says he went in pursuit as far as done. Next verse. He divided his forces against them by night. And his servants attacked them and pursued them as far as Hobah, which is the north of Damascus. Uh-huh. So he brought back all the goods and also brought back his brother Lot and his goods as well as the women and people praise god they were all delivered the people that had had been captured including lot and his possessions unfortunately sodom didn't change his destination uncle lot So you see that there's a place where we need to engage and fight for others that are in wrong places and help them get restored. Why is Abraham fighting? This simply means that those that are in wrong places really don't have the capacity to fight. Otherwise, Lot should have fought for himself. Yes, that person keeps going to Zinkbab. You've taught them so many times. But you've got to get to a place where you rise up. 
Sometimes if you don't want to be tired, call a brother, call a sister who you can stand together with in prayer. And say, brother, sister, please, I need us to pray for my cousin. This person needs wants to become a fisherman by drinking a lot of alcohol. Stand with them in prayer. Pray, pray, pray. The Bible says they went as far as Damascus. They went as far as Dan. They went as far. Go as far as you and as you can win them. Go so so far until you win them. If it means praying today, praying tomorrow, keep praying for them. Now it's quite it's quite very interesting in this in this particular scripture because somehow the grip of these kings is loosed by someone else's labor. I know sometimes we get to have that mindset and say, ah no, as a sankira so the only way Satana can let go of him is when he says, No, I renounce you, Satana. But there's also another way where you can add an influence. An influence to ensure that this your your your, your people, those close to you, become free. Glory to God. So engage in battle for those in wrong places. Number two. Don't only engage in battle for those in wrong places. Stand in battle for one another. There are times where someone can be in the right place. Someone can be, you know, a believer, just like your neighbor. Yet, they are just genuinely going through something tough. They are going through what the Bible calls an evil day. In Judges chapter number 1 in verse 2, the Bible tells us how Okay, start from this, this, this one. Look, it says, After the death of Joshua, it came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord, Who shall be first to go up for us against the Canaanites to fight against them? This is to show you that Canaan right now stood against Israel. Okay, it stood against Israel, but obviously Israel was the, was in their different uh, tribes because at this time you know there are different uh, land portions that they had gotten. This one went to this place, this one went to this place. So Joshua had died at that time, and so Israel is asking, mm, "Canaan wants to fight against our beloved. We need someone." We need someone to, to do some serious fighting. And so they ask, they inquire from the Lord. And they say, who shall be first to go up for us? Meaning, if we say first, the others, one is going, the other <laughs> might remain behind. <laughs> who shall be first to go up for us against the Canaanites? To fight against them. Next verse. And 
the Lord said Judah shall go up ah and everyone was happy Judah is there a Judah selling here uh-huh. indeed I have delivered their the land into his hand notice now notice how God is now saying Judah should go if Judah goes Judah is going to win All right <laughs> next verse you will see Judah now <laughs> so Judah said to Simeon his brother come up with me <laughs> hey, come up with me to my allotted territory that we may fight ah, against the Canaanites and I likewise will go with you to your allotted territory and Simeon went with him Judah was told Dios go and fight Canaan and Judah said mm, I'm the fourth born lekan nfunseko second born and so he goes ah, broski <laughs> Simeon <laughs> I'm going for battle this side I'm asking can you go with me Go with me this side and I promise this side where your territory is I will also go and fight for help you when need arises and what does Simeon say yes no problem I'm trying to show you yes there are challenges that sometimes we can incur in life yet when we engage others or when we involve ourselves in the battles of others and say don't worry my brother my battle is your battle things will become good when you reach to a place and you see your sister or your brother is going through a tough time spiritually stand with them and say don't worry i am going to your territory today and we are going to fight together until we win you need to have you need you need to be such a person and you need to have such people in your life that's why sometimes we we make what are known as prayer partners We know as Judah yes you are, as the Lord said you are able to handle it alone But you also want to write on the scripture which says one can chase a thousand two can chase 10000 And then so what do you say in such a thing we said my brother Simeon please stand with me I need us to stand for over a certain matter and change something Do you have someone in your life that you can stand with and fight Notice this one whether Judah liked it or not he also had to go and fight So sometimes you need to graduate sometimes it's not about texting Dickon Samuel please pray for me I had a bad dream <laughs> No <laughs> sometimes it's Dickon Samuel let's go and fight Eh it's, let's go and fight There was a time one of my brothers um called me and he says bro i need you to accompany me we need to go and uh do some warfare and minister deliverance to somebody or to a few people and i said no problem no problem hey and the place he took us to was a place uh known as zingalume <laughs> i i even hearing the name it can bite it's it can bite you Zingarumi <laughs> I don't know if that's what it means. <laughs> yeah, Zingarumi and we entered like deep deep 
in it. I've never been to such, I've never been to a place where you are walking in, the, the, in such a place and the atmosphere is thick. Not that you, you are sensing the presence of God. Thick darkness. It's not that I invited it. We could perceive it. It was thick. Then while we were walking to that place, my brother even asked me, I hope much I have fasting. Not, mm, what do you mean? <laughs> and while we were going there, we met strange, strange things. First of all, we saw someone on a veranda. Okay? They are on their veranda. They are seated and they are looking at us. And they begin to start doing this to us. And I'm like, ah. like what? what place is this? <laughs> In the realm of the spirit. <laughs> I was telling the conductor, conductor, you're on a five quarter Palima In the realm of the spirit. I was going back. Because that place, no, 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 no. Till today. I've not gone back. I said, Lord, raise warriors that side. <laughs> but we went, that, we, we, we went there and we actually reached at the place where we're supposed to uh, do that uh, work and labor. My goodness. That was one of the most difficult deliverance sessions I've ever experienced. We started praying for this young lady. And when we pray for her, she starts making sounds like animals. After we, after we keep praying for her, she makes sounds like animals. And then she also joins us in prayer. And I'm like, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> you, leave her, you, leave, you let go of her, she starts making sounds of animals again. And then now with your brother, you're with your Simeon now. Out, 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 out. You see that Simeon Alema. So you, at least you need to exchange. And then he says, Judah tired, you go back to Simeon. We spent time, 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 time. Until it reached, I think, Kuma 19 hours. That's when we, we, I, I actually received a revelation from the Lord on how to deal with the matter. The Lord says, oh, this behavior is being controlled in the United States of America. I said, what? I said, how? It doesn't even make sense. So what are we doing now? Destroying the control system in America until the person was free. I said, oh, are we sure? And afterwards, we decided to go home. And I said, ah, my brother, please, this side, don't call me. Please. <laughs> Never. <laughs> I, was, I became very cautious. I said, I ah, know if you want to be calling me, call me some cool. Kablonga. Uh, there at least you'll be casting out to my demons of heartbreak. I'm like, no, he left me. <laughs> there, there you can simply say, out. <laughs> And it goes, not you, hey, huh? yes. Huh? So you need to stand with people. You really need. 
even when I was uh, before I became pastor here I, I was running a deliverance ministry in in Bowling. I used to call a number of people to consume and uh, my young brother it it was real very very real would have people that were ministering to you're ministering to them they get razor blades and start casting cutting themselves in front of you we've had people you're ministering to them they suddenly behave like an animal and they start using their head to hit the wall Justin remember him and in such places you even know that this head if it just hits my my chest and so what do you need you need a brother a sister who can stand with you who can take one for the team here and there you need them serious it bring it builds serious confidence not to the worker Amen and amen. So find those people. Don't only find them. Become those that are ready to stand with your, your beloved in tough situations. And pray until something really is going to change in their life. Amen and amen. Number three. Pray for those either that are close to you or around you that you have noticed certain patterns this is praying against patterns praying against patterns when i say patterns patterns are simply certain things that you know would happen in people's lives and then they'll just keep happening in that you know group or family or whatsoever there are certain patterns that you can see in certain families like for example there's a family that i knew every every child once they reach grade 12 they'll become mad they had five children first born became mad when they reached grade 12 second born became mad third born mad when you've noticed too just it's already enough for you to start acting and don't think it's a coincidence it's not a coincidence and when you notice such things know that mm-mm, this place these people are experiencing something and we need to stand on on on, on for their sake and ensure such things don't happen others it could be maybe issues of marriage you find that maybe from your mother's side her sisters her cousins they've got problems with marriages there are others who got problems with marriages others they they are not married i know a certain family on the female side all of them are above 35 and very single patterns I mean does it mean those people are, are not beautiful or, or they are no men in this world they are there but because of those patterns that are taking place in people's lives 
you who is not directly affected you need to be at least come to a place and say Mm-mm, i'm not going to allow this i'm going to fight with them until until one of the things that made me do some serious warfare in my family is that i noticed certain patterns both on my father's side and on my mother's side on my mother's side i saw patterns with regards to serious sickness like people used to just get sick 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 and they would not die properly one of my aunties i remember when i was young just died on the bed then the the nankani <laughs> the the elder sister also slept on the same bed years later died on the same bed say eh how we need to do something about it and that's why you begin to pray rebuking the devourer who is taking advantage of those who are not sober and vigilant standing on behalf of your family praying earnestly and when that is broken it's good oh, in fact that's in bed i after after well, i am the one who even started sleeping on it just to prove a point i started sleeping on it until but unfortunately you you can't carry such beds in into marriage Amen and amen. Number 4, pray for the oppressed. Pray for the oppressed. Acts chapter number 12 in this one. Acts chapter number 12 and this one. The Bible says now about that time Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church not all of them <laughs> there's a place where <laughs> entities stretch out their hands to harass and the bible says herod extended his hand to harass some from the church In the next verse the bible shows us who he first harassed It says then he killed James the brother of John with a sword Saints of God I want you to understand whom Herod has just touched here This is James the brother of John This is James the one who was in the inner circle of Jesus the top 3 there is the 12 disciples and the 3 disciples james was one of them when jesus would go to mountains the bible says he would grab peter john james so at this point herod stretches his hand and begins to harass james and obviously at this point maybe we think uh, people think ah <laughs> this is a closey of jesus God will do something he will arise yet the bible is showing us 
one Herod <laughs> killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. He was effective. He, 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 he succeeded. Next verse. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to, to seize Peter also. <laughs> the second closey. Well, because if you're going to... How strategic he is. He's, he didn't go for Thomas. Because they might have... They would have finished the disciples. If you go Thomas, then you go for Bartholomew. <laughs> so Zambo Pempera went. He goes for the, those ones who they look up to. He goes for James. Then he goes for Piro. And when he seizes Peter, the Bible says now it was during the days of unleavened bread. Uh-huh. During their festivals. Next verse. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intend him intending to bring him before the people after the Passover. So what did he want to do? He also wanted to kill Peter after the Passover. Eventually even making a mock of the festival. Because during the Passover, people were preserved. Then how do you kill God's own after the Passover? What a mockery. But I'm telling you this. If the church did not rise up to do something, they were going to be mocked. That's why the next verse tells us something. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Something you don't see happening to James. James, when he was caught, no one was praying. Everyone was believing, ah, that guy is a man of God. Prophet Uja, Timuzira Uja. Ah, we've seen miracles. Could it, Brother James? Ah. So they've seen one of the inner circle people killed. They say we will not take a chance against when Peter is going to be caught. We are going to pray. Give me the amplified. I'd love to see what it says. So Peter kept in prison, but fervent prayer for him was what persistently it deliberately didn't use consistently but persistently when you're persistent it's, 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 not, it's not easy they persistently made to God by the church in short they were praying for Peter yakata. we are praying 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 for Peter, we are praying for him, dear Lord. We are praying for his deliverance. Oh, Herod will not mock the church. Herod will not do something bad to our very own. We pray for him. May he be delivered. We know that he is being caught by four squads of prisoners. But nothing is too difficult for you, God. They were praying. Let's quickly read get back to our original translation next verse 
Then when Herod was about to bring Peter out that night, Peter was sleeping. Peter was what? But what is that? What 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 should what can you see from that? You can see that sometimes when your friend is in a difficult situation, it's difficult to pray. Peter was not praying. The best thing he could do was sleep. And at that moment where it's difficult for your friends to pray, pray for them. While they are sleeping, while they are crying, while they are downcast, pray for them. Bound with two chains between two soldiers and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Uh-huh. Now behold an angel of the Lord stood by him and the light shone in the prison he struck peter on the side and raised him up and said arise quickly and his chains fell off <laughs> we're not going to go and read just go and read it some other time or whatsoever how are his chains falling off anyway next verse then the angel said to him gird yourself tie your sandals and as he did so he said to him put on your garment and follow me uh-huh. so he went out and followed him and he did not know that what was done by the angel was real but thought he was seeing a vision hey when they were past the first second guard posts they came to the iron gate which leads to the city which opened to sit or to them of its own accord and they went out and went down one street and immediately the angel departed from him aha uh-huh. and peter had come to himself and said now i know for certain that the lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of herod and from the expectation of the jewish people why because the church was praying to the lord for his deliverance next verse so when he had considered this he came to the house of mary the mother of john whose surname was mark where many were gathered together doing what <laughs> Peter is out of prison but they are still praying. Yay. Aha. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. Why is it a girl named Rhoda? Why isn't it the other disciple? They are busy praying. We've got no time to start opening your doors or check notifications. Let us pray, please. Yeah. And when she recognized Peter's voice because of her gladness she did not open the gate but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate yeah but they said to her you you are beside yourself yet she kept insisting that it was so so they said it is his angel <laughs> yeah next verse now Peter continued knocking and when they opened the door they saw him and they were astonished aha uh-huh. but mentioning to them with his hand to keep silent he declared to them how the lord had brought him out of prison and he said go tell these things to james and to the brethren and he departed to another place what does that mean these people were praying even though 
Peter was delivered. These people were still praying and the only time they were willing to say amen is when they see Peter. This simply means sometimes don't say your amen until someone's testimony has come. Do not stop until someone testifies. Pray for the oppressed. And how do we know really that it's the, the, the deliverance was traced to their intercession? Scripture actually shows us that any time or majority of the time that prayer is made for people, there is always a dispatch of angels. In Daniel chapter number 9, the Bible tells us Daniel is praying for Israel. When he's praying, an angel is dispatched. When that angel is dispatched, the Bible tells us that angel is blocked by the prince of Persia. But Daniel keeps praying. But while he keeps praying, another angel is dispatched by the name of Michael. So this place of prayer really provokes the ministry of angels. Amen and amen. Some of you don't know what, 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 what really is a great benefit, especially when you're praying for others. You dispatch angels. Imagine, just think about it. Imagine if there are certain angels that work with Deacon Elmai, which are different from the angels that work with Daniel, which are different from the angels that work with Deacon Joanna, yet all of them join hands to pray. Imagine the number of angels you're going to dispatch just for the sake of somebody who's oppressed. Saints of God, if we don't really learn to take burdens over our beloved and over those that are oppressed, we might not see things happen so well. This time I want us even to start praying for those who are oppressed with even spirits or circumstances that are leading them or trying to lead them to do suicide. Some of them, may they, may they just experience angelic activities. Find they're trying to maybe tie themselves with a rope and the rope just cuts. I'm telling you, these things are possible. You find they will take all that doom, 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 doom. Nothing happens to them. Let's pray. Praying for their deliverance, for those that are oppressed. Because if we can do that and if they win, if, if, if really they win, it will be a blessing. Notice the Bible says, afterwards, Peter, he departed and went to another place. Did he go to sleep? No. He went for impact. So if there was no Peter, meaning we are withholding a certain strength that he is supposed to exert in a certain place. Hallelujah. 
number five. And I'll, I'll, I'll put this as the last one. We've talked about engaging in battle for those who are in wrong places, standing in the gap for those, or rather helping uh, one another, standing in the gap, praying for those that have patterns surrounding them, praying for the oppressed, the number five, praying against circumstances that are demonically inspired. Praying against circumstances that are demonically inspired. Imagine today if a law was passed and that law is if anyone in Zambia wants to get a job that person should be 40 years of age. If you are below 40 just keep going to school and wait for your time. Who's going to marry then? Who's going to make impact then? So you will see that there are certain circumstances that may be demonically inspired. And when those circumstances are in place, when those circumstances are in place, they affect many people. I just saw something. I just saw something uh, in France. There's a law that has been passed. I pray Facebook doesn't block this. Yeah. But there's a law that has been passed which um, if anyone really questions this aspect of being gay, they are able to charge you more than 30,000 pounds and put you in prison. Just questioning. It's, it's a law now. There's a man who asked, why are you gay? If you were to ask that in France, <laughs> you'd be seriously arrested. But Aish, should such things really be accepted in society. Hmm. So there are certain circumstances, certain laws around us that are demonically inspired. They were not directly towards us, but if we don't do anything about it, it would indirectly affect us. We see in different countries Maybe up to now, there are some churches that are still not meeting. We thank God you guys are in Zambia. And yeah, we say Zambia is a Christian nation. They've been allowing you to meet here and there. But there are some places, certain countries, they have not met. Is that affecting you directly? Certainly not. You are here. You are enjoying. And you are going to review after this. Oh, yes, I, I went to church and it was wonderful. But I'll tell you this, the fact that other churches are still not meeting till today 
that is indirectly affecting the body of Christ at large. Because there is an army, there is a people that Jesus wants, that Jesus wants to cultivate. But the fact that these people are not meeting, they are getting exposed to quite a number of things. And in mostly of these, in, in, in some of these countries, you will notice that where there was uh, a stopping of churches and a lot of lockdowns, there was an increase in, two, in, in, in pornographic consumption. There was an increase in a certain level of wickedness. It's not directly affecting you, but it's hitting the body of Christ. That's why you must be able to pray. Listen. Today I'm showing you that there are things, yes, that will not indirect, directly affect you. There are places, maybe in the U.S., there are believers who are going, who are experiencing earthquakes, who are experiencing quite a number of things, but we have to pray for them. There are people in Mozambique who are being removed from their houses because of these floods. The challenge is that many of us only want to be positioned to pray when it's directly affecting us. I remember before COVID actually came, they were warning the world, be careful of this COVID. And I heard a lot of Zambians say, hey, COVID ya nuko, as we're dealing with our gassing. By that time, yeah, there was a lot of gassing and whistleblowing and the like. Until it came to Zambia, people started saying, hey, let's fight now. Where were you when it, was, when it was directly affecting the other nations? Where was your care? In Matthew chapter number 26, verse 31, when you read that going uh, a little bit further, you will notice that Jesus had said let's go over to the other side and when he went over he was going with his disciples there, is what, there was a storm that these, that these people experienced there was a storm that these men experienced and when they experienced that storm everyone was afraid except Jesus and they said we're going to die Jesus this is affecting us. We're going to die. But the Bible tells us Jesus rebuked the wind. But I want you to notice something, especially if you analyze scripture very well. I want you to notice that it's quite strange that these people are experiencing a storm because it is not the first time they travel with a boat. It's not. It's really not the first time they travel with a boat. In, this simply means they knew what boat to go with that would be safe. But how is it that this time they carry a boat that they deem to be safe and they confidently say we are going to die because of this storm? Careful analyze it. Where is this storm coming from? Or is it just there to really test their faith? 
or whatsoever. But one thing, one thing you can really observe is that when they go to the other side, Jesus meets a man with a legion of demons. And he chases that man with a legion, or rather he chases those demons from that man. Now, couldn't that mean demons were aware that Jesus was coming? Couldn't that mean demons were aware that Jesus is actually going to come? Because you will notice something about that man. When he was set free, the Bible says he won a city. (laughs) He won a city. So demons know the capacity of that man. And they can't afford Jesus to deliver him. So yes, it's possible they can inspire a storm. It is possible. And that's why even the Bible tells us to be careful because there are certain things that are talked about in the book of Revelation and even in the book of Jude which we will still see come to play because they are demonically inspired. Like for example, there's what is known as the way of Cain. You will read it in the book of Jude. There's what is known as the the doctrine of Balaam and the Nicolaitans. Those, those are spiritual, <laughs> those are spiritually inspired things. There's what is known as the spirit of Jezebel. Jezebel died a long time. But there is revelation writing about Jezebel. It simply means, yes, there are spirits sometimes that are going to inspire certain activities. When the Bible writes about the spirit of Jezebel, it says two things. It says Jezebel attacks authorities. Attacks authorities. And number two, destroys purpose. That's how the spirit of Jezebel works, according to Revelation. It's attacking authorities and it's also destroying purpose. And you will not know. And listen, sometimes you may not you may not even see that this spirit is at work. But I can easily show you how it's at work. You can't be in a, you can't be in a country and the country says it's okay. Do abortions anyhow. Yeah. mean there's a spirit at work I came to speak to a people and I came to inspire you today that just as you have taken charge in your life it's time to influence victory preservation blessings and many other things in the lives of others And if you can rise up to be diligent to do that, Bible says this is good in the sight of the Lord. And I believe when Jesus comes, he will confidently applaud you and say, well done, my child. You have preserved a generation. Let's rise to our feet.